Hey guys, welcome to a new week, a uh, new off-season episode. Um, and this one is... I, I feel like in every off-season, we always have something that is this... That's focused on either this particular thing. Either like the war or Russia or the US or whatnot. Um, and I know we're talking briefly on how it sort of like applies... I don't think we've discussed Russia before. We, I, th- have we, I think we have. <coughs> Oh, by the way, just let me give my apologies to everyone listening about this. Yeah, well, it is. Last voice. Well, it is in a place. He's <laughs> in a state right now. I'm kind of like ill right now, so my voice is not really great. Apologies for the way it's, I don't know if I'm going to sound on after the recording, but. It sounds croaky. <clears throat> I'll try my best. Um, but I mean, it shows, it shows you guys the hustle, you know. Come <laughs> rain, come sun. Come rain, come sun. Whatever. We, we hit it. On the podcast, we, yeah. we hit it. Yeah. All right. Um. So, again, like this episode, we'll see how it goes, but. My thoughts about it, and then you can share what your your idea of it is. Is I think I shared that t- uh, the Twitter thread with you around sort of like um, Putin. So Putin gave a speech, and I feel like, like it was a speech after they started to um, what is is the verb for annex annexize? <laughs> let's just call let's use annex, noun. Annex, annex verb or noun. Oh, okay, all right. But that word started to do that for. A bunch of like Ukrainian like cities. Um, apparently, they mm-hmm. conducted a referendum uh, to vote if they wanted to, you know, sort of like beyond our Russia and stuff. And so that's been hap- that's happened. And so they've now started the annexation and things like that. Um, and you know, my first reaction to it was, oh yeah, the war. Like I know the war is still going on, but it's you know it's just one of. I think we predicted something like this was going to happen, or we anticipated where. You know, in the moment, it's like all you hear about is everywhere. Everybody's sharing things on Twitter. You know, everybody stand, I stand with the Ukraine and things like that. And after a while, the news cycle just shifts into something else. And once in a while, something the pops flags. up. Yeah. <laughs> well, they said the flags. Once in a while, something will pop up that would remind you that, oh, this is still going on. Or like me, for example, um, with the work that I do, sometimes interviewing candidates from different regions. I, I think like two or three times now, I've spoken to someone that is either Ukrainian or Russian. Right. And <laughs> I think talking to the person that was in Ukraine was quite weird because obviously we're having this normal conversation about oh, um, a job or things like that. But you're like kind of in the middle of a war or the Russia a person mm-hmm. I was talking to from Russia where we're just having a conversation. And, you know, every time the like when you're asking them about because obviously you start a conversation like, oh, how are things? You know, what's going on? Blah, blah. How's the weather? Like, how's the weather kind of conversation? Wait, do not ask people from Russia what's going I know. on. <laughs> And so for me, like for me, it's just a, it's just a regular, or Ukraine, any, any of those countries. You know, it's just a regular conversation. And then, you know, they're like, oh yeah, you know. So it's very funny because I think I've spoken to like three or four Russians in a period. And it's always a thing of like, yeah, you know, da da da, the war is going on. It's very weird because da 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 da. Like, it's just a very, like for me, it's, it's very interesting to be on the other side and just watch and just see what their reaction is. Because obviously they're not going to say they support the war and things like that. Um, you know, sometimes you might be scared the person is like the government is also listening to your conversation. So there's just like, all of those little nuances that feel very movie-like whenever I'm in those conversations. But anyways, that aside. Um, anyways, in, in the Twitter thread, it was just quite interesting to see all of this. And the main narrative of the thread, and I'll pick certain tweets from it and just share, just like I did in the previous episodes. Um, and the major narrative here is just the fact that, obviously, when you think about the Russian Ukraine war, um, everybody's assumption is that sort of like, not assumption, but the feeling and what you get from the news and the media is that it was unprovoked and Putin is just like trying to spread his wings. And, you know, the initial narrative was that, you know, uh, Russia is losing its sort of like seat as sort of like a world power and things like that. And this is Putin's way to do a show of force and, 
you know, make sure it cements his base. There was just all that narrative going on. And then little after that, we started to hear the thing about the um, Ukraine joining NATO and how that was sort of like the trigger, you know, for it and things like that. Um, and then this, tweet, this Twitter thread just, you know, mentions a bit about some of the other things that led up to this um, that mentioned sort of like all the other things that might have happened before, that did happen before, you know, this war kicked off and how some of it is like it triggers to what the US has been doing. But anyway, I guess it just got me thinking about like, maybe let's have a conversation about this in a minute. I guess I see how things play, play out. But in your perspective, like what's been your feeling so far, um, Russia-wise, war-wise and, you know, the US and everything? I guess the question, I mean, this is why I asked at the start, I said, <clears throat> which was at the start I said like this conversation what is even the entire um, driving force and I think for me it's more of a case of it's not about what flags put on my bio it's not about um, opposed to reshare it's not about who to mourn and who to be emotionally um sad for it's more about just how do i react to a grave event that is part of human nature that we mm. thankfully in this case is not on my doorstep mm. but can be one day but today yeah. is not my doorstep how do i react to that in general how do i react to news of war how do we react to news of war um which is what a lot of us are actually doing in our own way, mm. whether you are in Ghana, Nigeria, Kenya, whether you are in China, whether you are in Malaysia, whether you're in Canada, US, mm. whether you're in Kent, England, shout out to my people in Kent, <laughs> near yourselves. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's, that's been my own thing of how do I react to this war? Mm. And I won't say I won't say I've had a bit of apathy. Oh, I'm, by the way, I won't say reaction does not mean taking action. Even even taking no action is also a reaction, hmm. right? So if you just decide to just like yeah, whatever, I don't give, a, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't care too much. That's your reaction, apathy hmm. in it. Hmm. Um, but yeah, my take on it has been this: a, as I always say, as you guys know on the podcast, as you know me, bro. If I don't know something to a level at which I can debate on without looking at a resource to guide me. Mm. I keep my mouth shut. Now, what that means is I can read something on The Economist, which I've done. I can read something on YouTube and everything, mm. right? But there's a lot of history. This particular one, though, it's not, it's not like COVID is different. Mm. This particular one, there's a lot of history behind this thing that goes all the way to like Stalin mm. era, right? We watch it. I mean, I think I, I think I should documentary on how to become a tyrant playbook on Netflix. That talk that I, I spoke about Tallinn's region, Soviet, mm. Soviet, Soviet Union. That time, like, yeah, it it dates back to that era, mm. right? And the man in question, who's in power of who the man in question, who is in power of Russia, Putin, is not a twenty first century guy mentally. Mm. If you look at a lot of a his historical positions, but also everyone's comment on him mm. and everyone who is probably apolitical anyway. Mm. So I think you, you 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 yeah. So 
my point is like I've known that I don't know too much about this. Yeah. Right? The little bit that I know is a couple of things. Yeah. One, the news tells me this war was unprovoked. That is what the news tells me. Mm. Naturally, I'm not a <laughs> news believer. <laughs> no matter what news you are, because no one is without their bias or agenda. Right? Some people yeah. are closer closer to neutrality than others. But we all we all die with the devil. It's just that the length of our spoons are different. Mm. Right. So so the news tells me that, oh yeah, it's unprovoked and everything. And of course, the narrator of oppressor and victim. Mm. Which in most cases should be ideal. That's deadly true because people are dying, isn't it? Yeah. And the 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 occurrence of death makes it a worthy um makes makes the need to take a stance. Mm. Right. Mm. Very, very important. Mm. So there's that one news there's what the news is telling me, number one. There's also the fact that I'm not no matter what I know or think I know, it's different if like it's it's actually your world. Yeah. Let me explain that. So when when I heard about war and everything in Ukraine, before I before I knew anything about it, you have a picture of what war looks like. Mm. And you think about you obviously your your frame of references come from movies you've seen or some things you've experienced in real life. And I, I don't know what's happened to you, but for me it was like I pictured a lot of things like oh like you know soldiers here and there shooting over um, trenches, not trenches as Nigerians call it, but actual literal trenches. <laughs> oh, um, you know, um, blowing blowing up buildings without any warning. Mm. You know. The idea of taking up land and seizing areas and winning areas did not really... I had no material reference to that. Only mm. like Call of Duty. Mm. Right? And then you begin to then see like more pictures or more things happen mm. in the world. And you're like, okay, maybe the idea of war that you thought was not the same thing that's happening mm. in the physical realm. Yeah. Right? And you then see like, oh, well, when, when everything unfolded... You then see news of, okay, well, the world reacts to the war by mm. exiling Russia through economic means, mm-hmm. which was, which I think the economists that were quite political figured that that was never going to really Work. move this guy because yeah. this dude was not one who would be swayed by that. And evidently so, six, seven months later, it seems to be the case. Yeah. Um, the- the addition there is also that I feel um, it's a well-known weapon, um, the U.S. sanctions or sanctions by the U.N. and things like that. It's a well-known weapon that has been used over and over. And I think countries like Russia and China um, expect those things to happen and create, happen. exactly, and create uh, whatever. So I feel like, and we'll get to this at the point of the conversation, and, um, which is just, what my current perspective about these things, noting the fact that there's a lot of nuance and everything involved in all of these stories, but that doesn't still mean that personally we've not picked positions or drawn things out of this as you're describing right now. So one of the things that I'm drawing out of this is also sort of like this, and it doesn't it's, it's not just evidence in this war in itself, but even in other areas, this idea of the US giving a vibe of being too big to fail. Um and just having this sense of control over certain things. But anyways, we'll get to that. Just wanted to drop that in there. 
So that links nicely to my point. And I think, again, for anybody who might be lost where I'm going, I'm, I'm trying to give out how or and why I react to the world the way I do. Mm. And I started by saying, my reaction is shaped by the fact that, A, I know that I don't know the historical context of this thing. Mm. So I would not only react based on what the news is saying. Mm. I'm, not, I'm not saying the news is lying about anything. Obviously, yeah. people are dying and it's horrible what's going on there. Mm. 100%. But, and, and this but comes with shame because some things should not have but in there mm. because some things are just so bad. But this but is, we live in a world where almost since, almost since World War II, or almost since UN was formed, mm. war has not stopped in some way or the other. True. Like, if we're just deep in it properly, across, mm. call it Asia, south or west, or east or north, call it yeah. Africa, call it, I mean, even physical war, at least, yeah. has not particularly seized. As a, but what, but what has varied, sorry? Yeah. No, go on. What has varied? What, tell me what has varied and I'll tell you what I want to say. What has varied is just the attention at which our, our Western media places mm. its cameras and its microphones. Then knowing that as well, sorry, then knowing that as well, it's another way to mm-hmm. shape my reaction mm. Mm. to the news. Mm. Yeah. And then knowing that even all these countries that exist that are doing this that are doing this we just live in a world where for some empirical reason which a we are yet to understand or which b nobody wants to tell us but for some empirical reason all of us just have the most useless political leaders and it stays the same way forever (laughs) and you find that people will send all these men women included, will send people to war knowing that they will hold peace talks in 10 years but somebody has lost their family or, or, they will, or they will send people to war out of egotistical or irrational or political selfish gains for, for, for people like myself and yourself to take the blame. And this has just been the constant thread at which, at which the, the, the needle of life over the last 30, 40 years has been, has been thread. Yeah. Um, it, so what I was going to say is that, like, I, just, I opened this page that says eight deadliest wars of the 21st century. Um, and I think you list about eight, yeah, sure. But only one of those eight has, like, an end date <laughs> on it, which is the second Congo War, which they say was from 1998 to 2003. Every other thing there is, like, still currently running. So we have the Syrian Civil War. Uh, the Darfur conflict, the Iraq war, the Afghanistan war, the war against Boko Haram, Yemeni civil war, Ukraine conflict. Um, and it's quite interesting, obviously, some are called con- <laughs> conflicts and some are called war because, you know, it hasn't really, in certain places, they've not, they've refused to call what's going on in Ukrainian war, right? And labeling um, is also a political action. For sure. Because for sure. If, if, you, if you read that in that's an article by that guy who sent me on 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 Twitter. We, mm. we're, we're talking about how um Hillary Clinton in 2016, and um, before before Barry's imminent, before Barry's um, introduction into into presidency, 
Mm. They refuse to name Boko Haram a terrorist group for political reasons. Yeah. I think that's some, sometimes what we forget, or not forget, but just it's not spoken about enough. Like everybody always reacts to news of like war, like death and things like that. First with a, which is quite important, like human lives are being lost. This is unnecessary, things like that. But I think people always for, tend to shove under the rug the buildup and the political buildup that leads up to that. And at different points where things could yep. sort of like been stopped. And I think that's what, what's quite interesting with the Russia-Ukraine Russia, uh, one because obviously the Crimea thing happened. And honestly, honestly it's one of the things where... Ashwait? Yeah, um, just on that, for, for anybody who wants a brief history of this war... Yeah. About it. Well, if you're into lectures, I don't know, people have attention span. Mm-hmm. They should not, including myself. But a brief history of this war, check out the YouTube channel of University of Chicago titled Why Ukraine is the West's Fault mm. by John Maishema, featuring John Maishema. Why Ukraine is the West's Fault, University of Chicago YouTube video. Yeah. Very, very good explanation from the historical origins. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, all right. So I feel like we're we're cycling around a bit, but um, let me, I don't know. Let me just say a couple of things, and then maybe you react to that, and then we see where this goes. But I think um, when the, when the annexation of Crimea happened, um, honestly, it's weird because obviously the younger you are, the less you pay attention to some of these things, right? And so people that are maybe you know fourteen, fifteen, sixteen at the moment, um, although this Russia-Ukraine conflict or war is happening at the moment. I don't think it's... Obviously, it's not going to register the same way for them, right? And so... Do you mean people of people of those regions or people around the world? No, people around the world. People around the world, not people of those yeah, regions. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'm saying this in reference because, like, this is not the first time there's been, like, a thing happening with Russia and Ukraine, right? But the, the first one, as much as people reference it, is only now that I've gone back to learn a bit more about or at least get a bit of understanding top level about, you know, all of that that was happening there. And I guess the quick summary and, or for my understanding of it is obviously, you know, at the time when I guess after the cold war deciding, you know, who's going to stop spreading one direction or the other, the, the, the agreement that was reached was that, you know, Ukraine that like NATO was not going to expand further to the East anymore. Right. Um, and Russia also wasn't going to do anything. And so that would be the line. Um, but obviously, Ukraine now became this like center stage com- thing because obviously the US and the West and the NATO started to expand, obviously, getting more countries um, into the accord or agreement. And for Ukraine, apparently, there was a guy, the previous president, or I don't know, I think they, they, there was like a conflict or some rebels and whatever that apparently was sponsored by the US. Um, and then there was sort of like a guy in there um, that essentially was about to sign a, a deal that would sort of like put them more on the West side of things. I mean, not getting them into NATO, but just getting them more towards the West um, and everything that was going on. And then obviously Russia and Putin didn't exactly want that to happen. And so they quote unquote bribed this guy by giving him an option. So choosing uh, a bailout from Russia instead. Now, although the entire country or the Western side of the country, the Western leaning side of the country didn't want any help from Russia. Um, this president went back on the referendum thing and then, you know, accepted the deal with Russia. Um, and then, long story short, another election happened and our new guy, Vladimir, um, is in there who's more like Western leaning. But anyways, I, I'm giving all of that quick 
And honestly, like what I did was zero justice to whatever had gone on, but just to give a sense of it in the sense that like everything has sort of been building up. And obviously at the start of the year, when it started becoming real with us was when news buddies started to mention the thing about Russia putting things on the border um, of, of Ukraine, right? And there's a threat of, you know, Russia can attack any moment. That's when we started to make the jokes. I think that was what came, introduced us to 2022, you guess. And everybody was like, in 2021, it was this. In 2020, it was that. 2022, we're talking about World War Three. So, um, but it's like, the idea is that it's always been building up. So it's like, okay, where, where was the focus during all those times? I guess when something becomes very imminent is when, it starts to get mainstream attention or whatnot. But then you need to be careful what mainstream attention drives you to conclude is, I guess, what I'm saying. Honestly, this is a weird episode. I've not even read the tweets that inspired all of this, but I don't know. Uh, the reason why it's weird, bro. Yeah. And this, when you say it's weird, people might think literally weird. But when you say weird, I, I know what I mean by weird. Yeah. And what I mean by weird is there is a point like you want to make Right. And to make that point, you almost need to offer people a backstory. Yeah. Right. For you make that point. But this backstory we're talking about is incredibly complicated and mm. complex. And to explain that in a five minute monologue is equally difficult because you have to make, make references to things that you hope people know. Mm. And then yeah. you have to also hope that. If they don't know, you explain what they hope, what you think they don't know. And then that takes mm. you on X, Y tangents. Yeah. And everything you're saying is spot on because, again, if anybody watches, don't, don't listen to us talk about the history of the war. Just, it's not about side taking. No, I'm not, I'm not to take sides. My dad is from AKT. My mom is from <laughs> AKT as well. So I don't oh think chest. the sides I want to be taking involve... <laughs> Um, countries that are descended from the Soviet Union. My sides are quite clear. That's mm. that Nigeria. <laughs> if that if my name doesn't do that, it's just enough. But point is, because we live in a world that is globalized and we are we are in this social media realm, you cannot escape these news. Mm. You can't. And if you live on this side of the pond, where you live in the west side. Yeah, the news you cannot escape it, but also affecting you literally mm. by prices. If mm. you live on the other side, you can, you will you can maybe prices one can argue is affecting you indirectly, but you're you still could. seeing the news. Yeah, no small example like visa processing times are for the UK from exactly from this side. Like you know they're focusing on Ukraine at the moment. Right? Exactly, so, uh-huh. exactly. God knows what I've so, seen with those people. This this just this, <laughs> this period. So it's, it's, but I'm speaking just more on the, the news exposure. Yeah. What does a young person who, who is trying to make do his own life, you know, I'm trying to hustle, just trying to find a path in life, mm. hearing about nuclear war every day. How, how can they forge through that? Mm. Particularly like people who naturally have empathy and are naturally, um, willing to ex- exp- expand their hearts to people dying. Mm. You know, how can they wade through that? And I guess, I guess that, that's the key point today in terms of how can you wade through the news of war every day as if war is a simple exchange of breakfast and dinner. Mm. Because I've not been through war, but 
I've never watched a documentary on war where I've laughed. Hmm. And and if I've watched something on a TV years ago through a screen and it sent a bit of straight face or chills, hmm. it, that is one one hundredth of what it would be like to actually experience that in my body. Hmm. Right? So, for anybody who's like just thinking, first, first of all, one thing we have to understand is the sad reality is, and maybe this is where Christians have it good, or people of faith anyway have it good, because you just take Solomon in the reality that this is the world, this is the earth, the earth mm. post, post, post death of Christ. But the sad reality is, as we just said today, even after they created UN to avoid war, <laughs> there's been yeah. war ever since yeah, World War II. Yeah. Liberal conflict, liberal this, liberal that, whatever. There's been mm. war physical. Yeah. And then there's also been ideological war, mm. which we haven't yet to properly identify or classify as war itself, which we haven't yeah. yet to even see the effects. As war. So yeah. we, the war has never stopped since war, since mm. war supposedly stopped. Yeah. Right? It's just because what, World War II was like Champions League of war. And then, <laughs> And then, and yeah. then that ended, and then it feels yeah. like oh, League One is happening, or Master some Sunday, Sunday, like oh, no more. What is still going yeah. on? So one yeah. thing I think I yeah. take solemn from is human behavior. Hmm. Tribalism would always result in conflicts and war, and I, I have to, I just pray that I'm I'm never on the wrong end of it, fatally. Hmm. Economically, mm. maybe I'll always chop, I'll chop my beating from that one. Mm. But physically, fatally, I'm not, I'm not, the, I'm not, the, I'm not the wrong end of it. Mm. Number two, monitor your emotions. The things you see on the news, my God, some of, some, some of these things contain some truths, but truths can be bent. Like, mm. you've, you've, seen, you've seen the airbender, isn't it? it, can be, it they, they can be bent mm. because truths are often made of words. And as I always say, like words are like what flavor, spices that you can trick mm. into into a meal that should taste like jollof, but tastes like fried rice, but you see the same mm. ingredients. Mm. And like, ah, but 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 <laughs> I, I added all the <laughs> yeah. I added everything in there, right? Mm. I I said it because like I I remember vividly four months ago when when it began when it began to be evident of the recession. And every news media was saying, I mean, from the Western side, guys, yeah. right, was saying, this is this is result of Putin's war. Putin, Putin yeah, um, even when America had full ga- um, high fuel prices, prices they were yeah. saying in the White House, said, you are paying more Putin's because war. of Putin. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine mm. somebody, t- <laughs> and that means like, well, when I heard that, again, I'm not saying, I'm, I can never say Putin is a good guy. I I, mm. I don't know the dude, and from from what I'm saying, he's a terrible guy. From from evidence yeah. we have, yeah, right. But imagine your own elected government telling that you are you you as you who voted them in, you're you're paying. You should pay. Should be okay paying high prices for fuel mm. because a war is going on. 
And if you're if you're angry, almost almost saying that if you're angry about it, then you're mor- morally corrupt. So you should chin mm. up and pay more money because there's a man killing people out there. Mm. And I'm thinking, there it is. Mm. There is where the politicians take their take their gain. Where mm. you hide everything that could be possible or that alternative yeah. explanation. But blame no, it. It's, it's not even alternative. It's like, okay, if if the if if the if Putin's war is the cause. What caused Putin's war? And it's like, if you go far back enough, maybe you land on the fact that someone within or things within your government have pushed that thing to happen. But obviously you settle on as far back as you can go that still keeps you and shields you from taking any kind of like blame, quote unquote. And then you now stick on that, right? And I I, I think that's the other thing, or maybe this is the other point that I guess we're subtly trying to make in the sense that, and obviously maybe we're just one or two people and maybe there's, 10% of people out in the world that take everything they hear in the media with a pinch of salt. But general population just seems to, which is why it works, right? Everybody's very reactionary to things. And it's it's weird the things that can happen when things become very reactionary, when you put things that way. Um, and I, I don't know how we're going to read, like if it's possible to even read sort of like that, poly, not the policy, we are the policy, to read, to read that class of that power in terms of how powerful it is. Yeah. We can't. I, I, I'm at peace with the fact that in the next 40 years, mm. well, given my current understanding, let me say that now, so that in 40 years, if I listen to this, I don't say, guy, you are there. Mm. Given what I know now about social media, about how tech works, about information, discourse, mm. nothing is changing in a political sense. People who in, inherit the political spheres in all the Western countries, we'll see the same thing. Except some level of reset happens. Reset, like nuclear war and shit. Right? Well, mm. magic. God mm. forbid. Because, mm. mm. um, yeah, not my own era. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not yeah. my own era. Um, and if it does, I just, let, me, let, me, let me at least be married by then. I don't know why that matters. <laughs> But I just feel like it matters. <laughs> it does. It does. It does. Um, but jokes aside, though, mm. I don't see some things changing. I've begun to accept that some, some things will always be human, human reaction tendency. As long as mm. long as we live, right? I was watching some documentary today on witchcraft. Don't ask me why. <laughs> and and they're talking about how in the 16th century, you know, witchcraft was often depicted through art in various forms and how it evolved. And, 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 and art can show you how it began to become more mainstream and accepted and began to, no longer seen as witchcraft, something supernatural, but something as, or just, it began to, it began to, oh, how, how do I phrase this in English? It, okay, so after the 16th century, it increasingly became less. Hmm of witchcraft, of a voodoo kind of view, mm. and more of an alternative epistemological discipline. <laughs> and you can also see that through the arts. Mm. Right? And the point I'm making here is, at some point in the 16th century, when they saw a witchcraft and, and, they, killed the, and they killed the witch, mm. thinking that they were actually doing voodoo. Mm. Right? At that point, they just thought, this, this person is bad. We've heard that they are bad. Someone, someone in the next village said, if anybody holding sticks with red tape, mm. they are bad. Let's kill them. And it took almost a flippy century for someone to realize that 
it's just another way of thinking. It's not actually they are, they actually have no particular um demons that they are that they are chantering. It's a psychological, physical difference of thinking. Mm. So we cannot kill them that way. And they stopped. But people have already died based on that thinking. Mm. Right. But but in, in that new era, they became a new demon to tackle. Mm. Not demon literally, but another, another form of thing that people condemn yeah. as as this. And it always evolves. And it always evolves. So I just have a prayer that people don't get, you know, to I mean, there's a line between empathy towards people's plights. Yeah. People in the worst stricken, stricken zone. And also strength to continue in your own in your own world because you need to continue in your own world. Mm. You need to because you can't, there's no other alternative to stop life, to bemoan your life, to worry about your life because something has happened in a different region because you're lucky enough that it's not happening to you. If it's not, then use that luck, write on that luck that your life is not in danger, imminent danger and keep pursuing what you're pursuing every day. Because those who want you to feel in that state are doing that because they have some desire to keep you in that state so that you are almost at their mercy, either when it comes to elections, when it comes to public opinion, when it comes to policy acceptance, whatever it is. Right. And even if, if even like even like even like back home, we see the same thing. When we when when we had a lot of Boko Haram stuff going on, we were down in the Southwest. We'd, you can't tell me that, even though, even though we saw it on the news every day, right, through on Sunday or whatever, right, mm. there's definitely a point that all, all of us who saw it from Lagos or from Ibadan saw what was happening in Bono. Even though we felt a bit of fear, felt a bit of, I don't know, trep- trepidation, whatever the word is, we still just knew that, ah, okay, at least it's not here. At least it's not in my backyard until it happened. And then people then wake up thinking like, oh my God, this happened to me. And I can actually experience this thing that I thought was so theoretical. And if you're unlucky to experience that, then you can put yourself in that state of fear and trepidation. But I think until then, we need to find a balance of how to manage the news of these events that feel eternal in some way and forge on, and forge on with our own lives because our lives are itself, for many people are living, many people are living in their own mini bubble of war at home through their schools, through their finance, through their spouses or their marriages, through their kids. You know, many people are living in some form of hell or, or already. You know, some people kill themselves because of things that have gone on. And to, to put yourself into the, the mode of suicide, you, you felt, generally felt, at least for some people, that is not an option. So that's, that, that, that's some level of hell that people go through. So it's just to pray that you don't go through that hell. I don't go through that hell. Whether it's by my family, whether it's by my work, whether it's by my school, whether it's by my finances, I don't go through that. But I just keep fighting for myself. And the news wants to make me feel like I should boggle down and ruin things and it's my job to say nah I have empathy but I still have a moral obligation to fight my own battles in my own local space and I think that's the mentality people should have well that I want to have 
I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't say people should do anything that I want to have. <clears throat> I guess we can wrap it up. We can wrap it up here. My final thoughts, obviously, is that um, I guess it's just, you know, for some of these things, like Walea said, um, obviously, you might not see how some of these things affect you, like, um, on the surface or whatnot, but it doesn't hurt to um, dig beneath the surface for issues that keep, keep on bombarding you. Like, maybe the rule and that everybody should have is if you see something once, um, maybe you don't need to do anything about it. But if in a week or in a space of two weeks, there's something that is flashing in your, like, there's something that just keeps popping up in your, in your media space or whatnot, but there's only one narrative that keeps popping up. Be careful because you can then just soak that in. Um, and so for me, that, that's kind of like what always drives me to um, look out for a bit more information. So if I read a tweet that is getting pretty popular and everybody's agreeing to the sentiments that the person is sharing, even if it's a very strong sentiment, I try to go within the thread and see if anybody has said anything opposite. I think we've said this a lot of times. And then I try to look for other sources of information, not to mm. come out and say, okay, I know about this thing, but to, again, know enough beyond just what is flashed in my head so that the next time something flashes and somebody passes this narrative that everybody's sort of latching on to my response to it can be less emotional because i know a bit more than they're sort of like focusing on gets right so I, I think that's why i do some of the things that i do or read some of the things i read not because i want to appear as someone who is smart but i know that i'm going to encounter these things in multiple places and I need to have that conversation with myself and not let some things just latch onto my mindset because I think we forget how we soak things in, how we're constantly absorbing things, even if we're not consciously doing it, right? And so if you don't empower yourselves with some of the tools to be able to filter or at least just get something, it's like, you're, I don't know how to do it, like a membrane, just make sure your membrane is a bit stronger than usual and nothing just passes through because you're not sure what passes through that will end up staying with you in some kind of way. Is kind of like my own feeling with these things, right? So, and I think the the other reason why you also read these things, which I think, um, I want to point out as well, is is a case of freedom. Mm. There is a freedom that comes with knowing beyond what is obviously known, mm. and which is why the the iceberg picture phenomenon is incredible. It's, a, mm. it's an incredible metaphor, an incredible <laughs> analogy for a lot of things because. Mm. There's a way, there's a way you can react to the iceberg ab above the ocean level, and you see, and you're freaking out. But when you see everything up and down, you're just like, come on, <laughs> yeah, and just calm. And and it's just the same thing. Like there's a, there's, a, there's a way, which is why people who are tend to be people who tend to be wise and I won't say old, but tend to be wise and old or whatever. Like they always, if you notice any any real film you see or any interview you see mm. they just like they always just so calm because they just know mm. and they either know more or they or they know what they don't know and they just mm. remain calm still and i think that's the freedom that that i like to chase most times where mm. whenever issues happen do i know enough that i can know about it mm. Yes, I, and I, 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 can often, I can often make that, that question answered by a couple of thinking, thinking steps. Mm. And sometimes you do a, a bit of deep dive quickly. Of course, not everyone, not, not everyone has the time. I appreciate that. Yeah. And, 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 if, and if you can't do a deep dive, you just put it away, but just don't react to it in that, in that way. 
other mm-hmm. thing as well is that we realize now is there's a difference between empirical and rational debates. So mm-hmm. let me give you an example. So sometimes I see some people ask questions and say, do you think, do you think boys would be okay growing up without a dad? That question is, that question right there. Ask them that question right there. If you ask me that question a year ago, I might, I might say, well, but now I won't answer you. Because <laughs> that question, what I think doesn't matter. Because the question is an empirical question that has been proven, that can be proven. Mm. And the fact is the fact. So as what I think to that answer makes no difference. Mm. Because there is, a, there, is, there is a science of truth that follows that question. And one man's answer is not the answer. Mm. Right. And the answer is obviously yes, but I don't have to explain that to you because it's an empirical truth. Mm. Right. So when I get asked questions like that, like that, I don't, I just say, I don't, I don't respond. I don't partake because you're trying to answer a question or enter a debate that has no ending because the truth is already laid clear or you haven't found it yet because it's because mm. an empirical question. Right. Mm. Yeah. But one that, is a, one that is of rational question, which is maybe more, more of an opinion, experiential-based question, then I, would, then, then I would then... Yeah. So someone says, okay, well, how do you feel about... How do you feel about um, how you become a father? Mm. Then I'm then thinking about myself. But that, that's more of a what do you think to, to encounter. And you find, out, you, find out, you find that most debates that lead, that lead positively, that lead post, positive endings, are often the latter. Mm. Because people are given what they feel they would do, what they've done, or how they would like to do things, and mm. and they share their own way. I pick from you, a, from you, from you after hearing yours, and we're living somewhere. Mm. As opposed to imposing the other one, which is kind of like imposing In, your view of the world on someone, on else. something yeah. that 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 happens, regardless of your own, yeah, view. Yeah. And like ever since I had this this clarity in my head, it's made me just avoid certain conversations like so easily. Where like like if I'm in the pub, mm. if I'm chatting with somebody, I'm I'm just quiet. I'm like, I don't know, man. That I cannot answer. Mm. You know, it's, it's such a good way to just divide um your mind because people think about sometimes some debates happen, which which is why I I also never like Clubhouse. Mm. Some things happen, like I cannot imagine what Clubhouse is like if people are debating things like this, like war and everything, like, like putting the bad guy, of course it's a bad guy. It's not, it's not <laughs> a thing to debate about. Why are we debating about that? Why? It's just like an endless space of conversation that ends almost take you like, almost like a roundabout where you don't get anywhere Any, on, on, um, until your gas yeah. finishes and then you go back home. <laughs> but you haven't gone anywhere. Anyway, fair, fair, So, fair. and in the end, this also reflects back to a lot of things we talk about in podcasts, where we talk about media health, digital health, you know. Because mm. um, the world is so massive, and I don't think we're meant to know everything that's happening at every time. Because yeah. our, our struggles on our own, that's just too much, man. Like, 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 thing I'm, thing, thing I'm dealing with, things that you're dealing with, on just one, my own scale, it's, it's too plenty 
<laughs> make you make think on the reason. And and I think that's why the media thrives a lot in this because people don't have the liberty, the chance, the resources, or the strength or time yeah. to actually deep dive into every single thing for themselves. Mm. Which is why we divide knowledge into disciplines so that people can specialize disciplines and go out and look for it. Yeah. But unfortunately, again, you know that the human mind gets corrupt, gets biased, gets selfish, gets greedy. And then what should be the truth of your discipline becomes your own personal view on that thing. No, your personal stake. Yeah. And and, 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 and Con- continues. Continues. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anyways, let's 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 put a, a pin in it here. Um guys follow us on social media, share the episode. Um we'll be back again with God knows what. Um but I think this is our fourth one. Um probably have like maybe a couple more to go before we you know do what we usually do but anyways um enjoy the rest of your week guys while they feel better soon um and you know cheerios and happy days whatever that means thanks bro question yes okay no okay let's let it go all right okay cool all right let's let it go all right bye guys goodbye everybody Hey there, thanks for listening to this off-season episode of The Yellow Pill. We're still on a break, but we'll be back in a couple of weeks with new and fresh and exciting content. But before then, make sure to follow us on Instagram at The Yellow Pill Pod and on Twitter, yellowpill underscore pod to keep up to date with everything else we're putting up until we come back. See you next week.